So here's the question. How do active people in the Atlanta area stay pain-free and live the active, fulfilled life that they deserve at any age? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. I'm Danny Matei, and welcome to the Active Atlanta Podcast. The Active Atlanta Podcast is sponsored by Athletes Potential. At Athletes Potential, we help active adults stay that way, pain-free and active doing the sports and activities that they love for life. We do this by working on four different areas. That's movement, nutrition, stress management, and sleep. When we optimize these four areas, you feel better, you move better, and you live better for life. Head to athletespotential.com to learn how we can help you stay active for life today. What is up, Atlanta, and welcome back to the Active Atlanta Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jake Swart, and today, guys, we have an incredibly special guest with us. I'm super excited to talk with him about, like, not just his, uh, you know, it's really interesting, this guest that we have on, his, uh, one of his uh, playing at an elite level in the NFL is one of the things that he uh, has grown far past. And so, like, uh, we've got Rennie Coleman, or Curran, I'm sorry, Rennie Curran, uh, let me restart that, I'm sorry, man, (laughs) can't mess up your name, Um, Rennie Curran, right? Yeah, we're in current, yeah. Cool. All right. <clears throat> what is up, Atlanta? And welcome back to the Active Atlanta Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jake Swart. And today, we have an incredibly special guest, everyone. We have somebody who has played at, played uh, football at the elite level in the NFL. He's spoken in front of tens of thousands of people. He's played in, a, in front of 100,000 people. And what's really unique about his perspective in life is how, at the end of the day, people are people. And it's really interesting about how he's navigated his way through uh, various uh, aspects of business, whether that's keynote speaking, uh, becoming an author. He's the CEO of Game Changing uh, Game Changer and Coaching. Um, guys, he's done an incredible amount of work, and that's not even including his uh, nonprofit Game Changers Foundation. So uh, without further ado, Rennie Curran, man, welcome to the podcast. Man, thanks so much for having me, Doc. Yeah, absolutely, man. Dude, I'm super excited to talk with you. So like, um, once getting done with the NFL, right, like you really kind of use those experiences to uh, pivot into like not just pivot, but really expand into different arenas because I'm sure a lot of the life lessons that you learned through um, competing at such a high level really transfers to just about any organization you have to go into. Yeah, it, it really did. In my transition, I tell people all the time, it actually started long before I bet physical transition happened. So I got cut very early on in my career after my second year and I had about eight months just to really figure out who I was, man, outside of my jersey. And I think a lot of us can identify with this because so many of us have gone through some type of transition, especially after or during the pandemic. You know, we all were at that standstill moment in life, just kind of questioning ourselves and what we're going to do next and how we're going to move forward. And, um, you know, for a lot of us business owners, we had the chance to take a step back and evaluate where we're going. A lot of businesses closed. There was just a lot of things uh, happening. So I was in a similar place in my career. And at that point is when I really started to develop myself, man, from reading books to going to workshops, networking events, to uh, working with different companies in the capacity of like a brand ambassador or, um, you know, and, and being like a middleman, you know, uh, working <laughs> with accounts. I mean, I did it all during that time, man. And it really opened up my mind um, yeah. as far as like what was out there beyond sports, man. And when I did go back to playing, I, I was with the Titans, um, then went to Tampa Bay and went up to Canada. When yeah. I did go back to sports, it, my perspective was completely changed because now having that experience on the business side and developing myself, 
I started to see sports through the lens of business and through the lens of like culture and leadership and uh, personal development and uh, and mindset and, and just in a completely different way. So um, it really awoken me. And I also wrote my first book during that time as well, started speaking. So nice. it really just uh, 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 gave me the ability to leverage my platform in a different way that a lot of athletes um, typically don't because we're so focused and locked in on that sport and on um, getting to the highest level. Yeah, dude, for sure. And I, and I bet that would be like super tough. Like one, like it's just the nature of the business. Like um, it's it's very easy to get cut in the NFL, right? Um, so, oh, yeah. um, but at the same time, like that doesn't, like you're one of the best at what you do and you're being told and you're getting cut for whatever uh, reason, right? Like that probably could be like a really hard, like uh, like either life lesson or just a personal reflection of like, if that game's taken away from you, like now what, yeah. right? Oh yeah, it's it's uh, it's like the corporate world on steroids uh, really so. Yeah. Imagine going to work every single day and you got somebody looking over your shoulder who's trying to figure out how they can replace you or, you know, Man. you don't even know if you're going to be there the next month or the next year. Uh, that's yeah. that's what it was like. You can never, ever get comfortable because yeah. the minute you do, like you said, I mean, they're, they're drafting uh, guys every single year. It does not stop. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah. Dude, yeah. corporate world, corporate, or the normal world wouldn't be able to handle that pressure, man. No way. <laughs> oh, yeah. You talk about retention. I, I talked to a lot of companies. Uh, they'll bring me in to talk about recruiting and retention. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's like one of the worst, you know. I mean, you get the <laughs> roster every single year, especially if there's a coaching staff change or GM changes. Um, yeah, you know, that that uh, retention is not there, except if your name is a Matt Ryan or uh, somebody yes. of that nature. Um, you yeah, know, you can expect to be with most teams for two to three years, and totally. Uh, so, yeah, whatever kind of contract you have, so you always have to be thinking ahead and always have to be thinking about how you can improve yourself and, and maintain that level of performance. Yeah, dude. And that's awesome. So then like when you, uh, so now transitioning into like, uh, like your, uh, game changing coaching, right? So you're the CEO yeah. of that company. You founded that in 2017. Is that what you said? Yeah. So I found it around, uh, 2015 and okay. uh, yeah, by 2017, I tore my patella tendon and that's when I went into it full time. Ah, nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Really Not nice about the torn patellatin, and that sucks. But <laughs> like, yeah, uh, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At least that's something you could dive straight, dive straight into, and like kind of use your passions for. So, um, yeah, that's interesting. So when you go and you talk to, um, well, one, what is game changing coaching? Yeah. So with game changing coaching, we work with uh, entrepreneurs and executives, helping them to improve their personal brand and basically establish themselves as leaders in their industry. So I work with everybody, anybody from um, somebody who's uh, early in their uh, entrepreneurial career, who's trying to just get that discipline and the processes down and understand how to implement the right marketing strategies to that uh, high performing business executive who just needs accountability and needs yeah. like, structure and, and time management and whatnot. What I found, man, is most people know what they need to get done, but it's the just the day to day grind, the organizational piece, um, having the right mindset, the confidence. Right. It's, it's those yeah. little intangibles that hold them back. Um, the self-defeating thoughts and whatnot that stop them from from being able to perform at a high level on a consistent basis and then having even that life fulfillment you know piece because totally we all know you can achieve everything but still feel lost still feel like you don't really know what your purpose is so yeah. there's a lot of that that i work with people on as well and these are all things that i went through personally with myself and, and yes. so it gave me the opportunity to really leverage my past and um and empower others that's really interesting, man. Like, um, when you start working with the level of like people like who who made it into like a C class employment or V class, or um, who've taken that step into entrepreneurship, like working with like very motivated people who can 
uh, and very talented people who at the end of the day can probably just grind their way to a, to the top of a position, right? Uh, regardless and if they enjoyed or not. And so uh, do you find that like a lot of times like people are either like um, either they didn't share the success with the right people, right? So they find themselves kind of maybe like a little lonely at the top or like have like not ta- been able to take the, take a step back, take the blinders off and figure out like, am I even ch- uh, charging down the right path that I want to be charging down? Um, or is it more or less kind of, because I, I feel like it could turn into this quite a bit, especially when you're working with entrepreneurs, it'd be a little bit of a lonely world where man, people just want somebody to talk to, you know, like where's, where's some of the bigger, like comp- uh, at the highest level like that, what are some of the biggest like um, commonalities in terms of struggles or complaints or issues that you typically see? Yeah, the, the issues that uh, are recurring that I see is yeah. people who are super talented. Like you said, they they have uh, gotten a ton of different experiences business-wise. They can wear a ton of different hats. So they can just grind it, like you said, mm-hmm. and they're going to have some type of success. But where they struggle is being able to connect those experiences and, and really even just understanding their personal brand, understanding who their ideal target audience is. Um, yeah. And how do they monetize that? Right. All the knowledge that you have, you might have worked with the company for several years or in the industry, several years. So how do you take that and monetize that and, and really establish yourself, like I said, as a leader in your industry? And it may be through public speaking. It may be writing that first book. It may be, you know, taking a, um, you know, taking all those experiences and crafting a business or a service that's uh, that ties all those things together. But uh, yeah. that's where I see a lot of people um, struggle and they need you know, a guide, they need like a blueprint or like a strategy for that. So that's a lot of where I help them, um, you know, to, to fine tune that. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. And then like, uh, when you're doing, uh, when you're doing like public speaking or you're writing a book or you're, you're putting yourself out there, uh, that could be a scary place to be, right? Like, um, it can definitely, and especially for like, uh, you talk about like a lot of like, once people have gotten to the point of like, uh, the CEO of a company or like we talked about before, like these high performing individuals, um, They've they've gotten they've gotten used to some level of discomfort. Have to be able to get to the, get to a level like that. Uh, but putting your own brand out there, right, is totally different than failing through the safety net of a company. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, that could be a really scary place to be, but also super rewarding. So, like when you go and you and you present, what are some of the like what is that one of the what's probably like the favorite aspect of your business that you like to do? Is it is it public speaking? Is it um, authoring? I mean, I'm sure you enjoy all aspects of it, otherwise you wouldn't do it. But is there one that you like, man, if I had to be the bell of the ball for any aspect of my business, this is what I'm going to be at. Man, um, you know, and I'm glad you brought that up, that the fact that it is scary, man. It, it is uh, gut-wrenching. It takes a lot of courage to, to do what I do and, and what anybody does, like in terms of creating a business and putting your brand out there, especially if it's aligned with, with you and your name. I mean, uh, at the same time, one of the things that I always tell myself is it's not about me, you know, and that's how I approach my business. That's how I approach speaking and mm-hmm. writing my book. Like I really focus on empathy uh, and and really focus on compassion, you know, and really think about those who are struggling, those who go to work and can't and hate it. You know, yeah. companies that have a, a culture that, you know, isn't that great where the morale is low. Yep. Uh, where, you know, there's not that trust and in, in, uh, camaraderie that they need in order to succeed at a high level. Yeah. And so when I approach it, man, that's that's the standpoint that I'm approaching it from is just being able to go in and serve, man. That's my yeah, main yeah. Goal. my main mission is to uh, you know, create that positive environment and impact somebody, change somebody's perspective. And one of my favorite parts, man, is not believe it or not, is not the speaking. It's actually getting other people in that room, in the audience up and getting getting them the mic, you know. Oh heck I yeah. Speak, man, and 
just creating these environments where people can connect with each other, man, like never before. Yeah. We all, most of us, we go to work and uh, we, we go through the day-to-day -day grind and we, we have people who we may work with, but we're not connected to them, right? There's right. not that sense of com uh, camaraderie and team, you know, teamwork and just uh, everybody being aligned and on the same mission, man. But when you get people uh, uncomfortable and vulnerable and they share about what their teammates mean to them and when they share like their mission and their purpose, man, it, it just, I've seen it happen over and over You where it's a stiff room at first and then people start sharing and opening up and all of a yeah. sudden it's like you create this family environment and it's yeah. so dope, man. I, I love, love being able to do that and just connecting with people, hearing about them because you be surprised, man. People are going through it like this through so many different things that you have no clue about. Mm -hmm. And being able to connect with them, man, and, and just give them a sense of hope, man. That's uh, I live for that, bro. It's, it's a great yeah. feeling. Dude, that's yeah. got to be such a cool like moment where like you see that fire get lit up, right? Like you see, like oh, uh, you see the, the the spark reignite, right? Like um, yeah. that's got to be huge, like um, because it's not, it's not hard to hide that, right? Or it's, it's pretty hard to hide that. I should say that, like uh, when that oh, when that yeah. real moment when that moment happens, then a real moment happens like that. It's um, that's got to be super impactful. And you know what? I think you said something that's really interesting there too. Is like. Um, you know, I haven't spoken in front of a room of like 10,000 people by any means, but, um, in a, in a, in the complete 180 of a way that also kind of comes full circle, like, uh, our business model is we work one-on-one -on -one with our clients for an hour, every single time they come in. Right. And, uh, like we've helped thousands of people at this point and, uh, we've been in business for almost 10 years. And, um, what's really unique is, uh, you know, we work with a lot of like really high performing individuals ourselves, right? Like bro, that's a top five NFL draft pick or the CEO of a company or the founder of a, of a multi, of like a, uh, uh, multi-million dollar company or whatever. Right. Like, um, the complaints there's, there's humans are unique, but there's trends in like what we're all experiencing. Like we're, we're not alone in our journey, so to speak. Right. Like, um, one of the biggest things that we work with, especially if we work with an athlete, um, who may be like, on the older side of a career, right? And I'm not even talking about professional career. I'm just talking about like uh not life in general, but like uh like I'm talking about like 50 plus, right? Like 50, 60, 50, 60 years old. And like recovery is obviously way slower now, or they're not performing at the level that they want to, or they're getting a little bit more nicked up, even though they haven't increased their like uh uh their workload or anything. And that's a really tough place for people to be. And uh and then also like life is stressful, man. Like we work with uh when we work with people, we work with uh, you know, we work, we make sure that we address like what's your stress load look like and what's your stress management um, tactics look like? What does your sleep look like? Nutrition and movement, all that stuff. And uh, it's really impactful to hear what people start talking about and opening up with in a one-on-one -on -one setting in a closed room, right? About what they're dealing with behind closed doors. And uh, when you get a room full of people and somebody finally speaks up to share that moment or to share that stress and that emotion and there's somebody else that speaks about that, like that's got to be a huge moment for the room. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And, you know, I saw the same thing when I played, man. When I was uh, a part of, you know, different teams, the most successful teams, the, the teams where we just did outstanding were the teams where we were connected, man. Totally. We saw each other beyond our positions and, you know, who has what statistics and whatnot, but we really saw each other as brothers and as family. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's the same thing with, with these organizations. Like, uh, unfortunately, a lot. Uh, there's always going to be business and politics and different things like that. But when you can create that man within an organization or within a, a team that's within an organization, it's powerful and it's real. And like you said, it's, it's very hard to fake that. You know? yeah. And it's so needed. Like you said, people 
are going through. People are starving for it, right? Yeah, people, I mean, if you look at the uh, mental health statistics and just employee well-being statistics, it's not looking good at all. (laughs) Right. No, and a lot of that affects retention and it affects, you know, productivity and and, uh, the bottom line. Totally. So I'm a CEO right now, man. I'm I'm investing in people. I'm investing in making sure that I'm creating meaningful connections. And I'm also investing in just letting uh, my organization know what I stand for, what my mission is and what the organization's mission is. Yeah. If you don't have that, man, it, you can only give so many dangle so many carrots in front of people. You know, <laughs> totally to right. Yeah. I mean? And it's interesting because I think that's a super good point. Like, of course, like there has to be for people to be happy. There's a baseline level of income that needs to be hit. Right. Like that's yeah. that's take that. But it's not as high as you think it is. Like uh, like and a lot of times, like giving all these more incentives or like uh, trying to incentivize you with this gimmicky uh, new like KPI or like with this carrot. Right. Like. Right. A lot of times people are missing the entire like piece of the puzzle where like it's really just like the connection that people are wanting to do or wanting to um, have and want to work for something that's actually purposeful too, right? Like I think oh, that's man. a missing piece. Like I know a lot of people who have been, um, you know, like they've gone through the ringer of corporate America and like they, they've they uh, turned down massive salaries and career advancements to like go open up a gym or something, right? Because they, yeah. they miss that human connection that they, that they feel. And I feel like... Um, that when you talk about like anxiety, stress, sleep habits, that has definitely been on the rise. I mean, you can look at any study for that, but like it's it's again, it's that connection aspect, right? Like it's really tough to replace human to human interaction on a two D screen, like we're trying to on a, on an everyday basis right now. Yeah, no, nah, I totally agree. And um, people want to be a part of something that's bigger than themselves. They they want to be fulfilled, yep. you know, when, when they go to work, even though it's a hard thing to accomplish, but um. I think the more organizations, uh, the ones that do focus on that are going to be the ones that win long term. Totally. In in, in multiple aspects. So, yeah. Why do you think, I mean, I'm trying to think, I've been trying to think ever since you've been on this little topic, I've been trying to think of the coach who said, like, I think it was a baseball coach who was talking about changing the culture of um, his team. And like, like a famous saying came from it It was like 50 players, 50 cabs or something like that. Like, uh, um, you know, back in back, talking about like how nobody wanted to ride home with each other, like there's no camaraderie, like no no connection. Anyway, that was like one of the biggest things he focused on. What do you think is some of the biggest issues, or what, is there like a common roadblock that you see when people are like, or when you walk into these organizations that maybe have poor culture or poor buy-in from their from their employees or their or their entire company? Yeah, I think the recurring theme is just the lack of awareness, mm. and what I mean by that is. Um, you know, we all are a part of a culture, whether we realize it or not. Like we walk into our organizations, there's a culture. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we come home, there's a culture in our home. Uh, and totally. if you're not aware of that, it just becomes its own thing. You know, yeah. it just becomes wh- whatever it is that you're feeling for that day. <laughs> <And, laughs> yeah. you, you have to be intentional about the culture that you're creating. Yeah. And that's what I, what I uh, really try to preach when I go into these different organizations is helping people understand that. Hey, the culture isn't this, you know, separate entity. Like you are the culture, the energy that you bring into the space, wherever you go, how you respond to challenges, how you treat people, what you believe about your situation or about your organization or about each other. That's what creates the culture. And that's what creates the norms and the behaviors. And those behaviors ultimately determine like where you guys go, your future and, and the vision that you say you have, whether you accomplish that or not. Totally. So on that. That to me is uh, something that I see on a recurring basis, and and when you think about it, like look at, man, we we could talk about sports teams all day. They have a coach, right? That uh, that team may be struggling, and then they get a new coach. 
Yeah. And all of a sudden, boom, they go from losing to winning overnight. And it's nothing but a shift in culture and shift in mindset, shift in beliefs. Yep. Right. It's, it's not like they they just threw away the whole entire team. It's a lot of the same players. I look at Georgia, you know, what Kirby has done. <laughs> For uh, sure. Been able to do. I mean, this you, you're talking about number one team right now. They lost 15 yeah. plus players to the NFL last year and they're still operating at a high, a high level. Why is that? You know, we could talk yeah. about recruiting and whatnot, but uh, got to be able to maximize those players. Yeah, right. everybody's got great players, so that level of consistency, I, I definitely have to look at the culture, the beliefs. You know, just the the leadership, and not just the leadership from the top, but the collective leadership of yeah. everybody uh, involved, and them making a decision to buy in and, and say that we're going to operate at a certain level. Yep. Um, so yeah, it, it's a lot of those things, man. Dude, I think it's so interesting that you bring that up. Like, um, like it, culture is an intentful thing, right? Like, uh, it's not just something that comes up because of we want it to, right? Or because, like, you say this is what it is, or you try to talk about a vision that you have, like, and it's something that can't be cheated, right? It's like it's like the work you put in in the weight room. Like, you have to put in the effort every single day, or else that culture is. J- what is it? It, it? You gain it in drops and lose it in buckets, right? Like, um, it's very easy to lose that culture. It's a lot like trust and relationship because at the end of the day, like, um, when you're working, when you're with a team, like that team has to have trust, uh, both in leadership and, uh, within each other as well. And so like that same level of trust needs to be transferred over to a company before a culture can even begin to try to have it be established. But again, it's not just this random thing that happens and you, you can't like outwork it. Like you have to be intentful and intentional with what you're trying to do with that culture creation that's a really good point yeah and i I always you know whenever i'm trying to break down culture in an easy and understandable way yeah anybody i i basically say hey anybody ever been to (laughs) (laughs) chick-fil-a dude they're like the like the golden child for for like uh for everything right like dude they're closed think about this they're closed one day out of the week right Right. so they're operating at a much lower uh uh, time vo- time volume than any other fast food industry out there and they yeah. still smoke everybody right <laughs> oh, smoke. and it's yeah. like it doesn't matter if you go to chick-fil-a in new york in south georgia out in cal you know wherever the culture is exactly the same like you get the exact yep. same treatment uh, regardless of the environment and that's an amazing thing that i think you know a lot of companies and a lot of people can learn from totally right yeah dude that's that's so true so then um so then how do you, so like uh, the culture, is it, so with, uh, what does the culture, I guess, look like? We'll stay on this topic of, um, I want to talk about like Game Changers Foundation as well, right? Like, um, because I know you said that that's a foundation where you guys do a lot of work in underserved areas, working with athletes on developing better leaderships, uh, skills, and I'm sure there's much more to it, but I'm sure you bring that same lens of culture creation into the world of these athletes. Oh, yeah, definitely, without a doubt, man. Um, and it's something that I yeah, feel sh- truly strongly about, man, is just changing the culture of sports. Uh, to yeah. be honest, man, there's, there's a lot of great things, a lot of lessons learned that that help, you know, athletes to become amazing people. Totally. Um, but there's so much more work that needs to be done, um, you know, especially uh, for those young athletes, man. I, I see so many athletes, man, that end up burnt out, um, they have no purpose when they're done playing. Uh, they, mm-hmm. they don't even know who they are, their identity. And it's totally. because they were in a culture and an environment that told them that their worth and their value came from scoring a shot or, 
you know, their statistics and the win and loss or whether they got a scholarship or not. Yeah. And um, what I'm trying to do with the foundation is help athletes understand that, man, it's so much bigger than statistics. It's so much bigger than a scholarship. Like yeah. you can be a leader regardless of your position. You could be a leader regardless of how far you go, whether you make it pro or not. Yeah. Um, you still have to be a person a lot longer than you're going to be an athlete. I don't care how good you are. Yeah. <laughs> how yeah, many yeah. plays you make. Yeah. So how do you, you know, take athletes who have this platform that uh, comes uh, by virtue of their ability and help them to understand, man, hey, you can actually take this and be an influencer and not just an entertainer. Yeah, you, know, you can mm. make an impact in your community. You can make an impact on the next generation. You can, you know, you can leverage your platform to connect with people who are outside of sports. Yeah, and, uh, and, and really do something different to to make a change and something that's going to be uh, that's going to lead to to long term success, not just temporary success. You know that that we that a lot of us experience, man. Um, so yes, yeah. essentially what I'm trying to do, and the model is to uh, have those former athletes who are those leaders to come back. Um, to empower the, the next generation of athletes with the hopes that those younger athletes will become those game changers. Yeah. So that's, that's the whole model, man. Dude, that's uh, awesome, man. I, I love that. So then, um, cause you, cause you're right, man. I love that sign, that sign or that uh, line that you said, where it's like, how can you become an influencer instead of just an entertainer? Um, yeah, because yeah. as a pro athlete, uh, you totally get it. Like, yeah, this is, this is entertainment at, at, to a degree. Right. Um, but yeah. to a lot of the, to a lot of the youth athletes, I'm sure you're working with, like they haven't had that, they haven't had that experience yet, right? Like, oh, um, yeah. they, they yeah. don't even realize, man, that that uh, and that's a tough day <laughs> that yeah. comes for us all as athletes when we realize that we are just entertainment. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it, it's because it's so intense. Like when you're a part of that culture, when you're in that environment, everything is about you know team and about sacrificing for the team. And, and yes, this is true, but yeah. when you take that jersey off. You're no longer part of that team. You're no longer a part of that environment and that yep. culture. So now, who are you? Yeah. You know, so if you don't if you don't understand your identity and your self worth and and all those things outside of that jersey, outside of that culture, um, you're gonna be lost and, and you you know you're gonna feel like you were just used, right? Totally. Um, yeah. Instead of if you're on that team and you now understand that man, this is bigger than me. I'm using this platform to impact my family, to impact my community, to you know, to to set things up in terms of legacy. Now, when you walk away from that experience, man, you're able to take so much more with you. Yeah. Than just looking back and saying, "Oh man, I didn't get the scholarship. Oh dang, I didn't make it pro." Or yeah. you know, it never stops, right? It doesn't just stop with that. You make it pro. Now it becomes about I got to get to ten years. Then it becomes yeah. about if you get to ten years, then it's like, "Oh man, I didn't make Hall of Fame." So yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. <it's>, <laughs> Dude, for yeah. sure. And like, even like, uh, I'm sure you see like. Yeah, man, it's so interesting. Like uh, going from working with like youth athletes and trying to paint that vision of like who are you once you take your jersey off, right? And how you're yeah. still a human much longer than you are a player, right? Like same type of situation with like uh, like uh, like I work with a number of people who are in the CDC, and mm. they ended up like leaving the CDC from from uh, like burnout from things from the pandemic. You know, you, you're working with like these public health servants who like. Mm have dedicated their entire life to something and then are like when it's when it's their time to like lead something like uh the country kind of revolts against them in some in certain aspects right and like and uh anyway a lot of people left and like you know these are people who dedicated their careers to something their lives to something and they're like oh, well, now what 
You know, like now who am I? And that's a, it's, it's, it's a very simple. How do I provide value to the world? How do I provide value to my family? Right? Like that's a, the same feelings and emotions can be extrapolated into the professional world as well. Oh yeah. And that, like what you just said, man, is it's so translatable to so many different industries. I even look at, you know, guys who are serving in, uh, in the military. Oh my gosh. Very, very yeah. similar experience. You know, you dedicate your life to someone, you, you, you know, you, you get out of that uniform and you're wondering, man, who am I now? Now what am I going to do? You know, very, very similar um, experiences and thoughts and, and um, questions and, and struggles, man. So yeah, it's a, it's a, a bigger thing there. And I'm, I'm just, you know, slowly unpacking everything, but and that's yeah. one of the exciting things for me being a speaker is being able to take a lot of those uh, recurring themes and being able to tra- uh, translate them to other people in other walks of life in a way that they understand. Cause you know, like I said before, we're all humans and yeah. uh, regardless if you're an athlete or a business leader or in the healthcare profession, like we, we are all dealing with a lot of the same things and we're all trying to accomplish the same thing. Most of it, are just trying to feed our families, man. And, <laughs> yeah. And be, and be a general contributor to the world, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be a citizen, man, so. yeah, that's so true. And that military aspect is so, is so, uh, so powerful as well, man. Like, uh, so our company was founded by um, uh, former military um, personnel. And, um, you know, it's really interesting. I was talking with this pilot and he flew, I don't remember the names of, of the plane they flew, but essentially they're like the giant, like fuel, planes right that like reef that uh the fighter jets will fly up to mid-flight and refuel and go back down into the fight and uh you know he's talking about going from flying for and like war zones like that into like now he flies for southwest and how's right. like and you know like the identity that kind of comes like the identity crisis that may come with that right he's like i feel like i'm just like a bus driver in the sky now which is tr- clearly not accurate right like what are you talking about man you have Every day you have thousands of people whose lives still depend on you, right? It's just not in a war zone, you know? Like, uh, yep. yeah. So, like, um, yeah, that'd be a really impactful uh, env- um, environment and community to talk with as well. And the similar light is all what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. And, I, I you know, just to your point, man, I've, um, like, started to change the language in terms of, like, uh, when you look at somebody who goes from one industry or one career mm-hmm. and now they're in something completely different that they never thought they they would be in. Um, I look at that instead of as a transition, um, as integration. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you when you think of transition, it's like you're leaving something uh, and you're becoming something different, right? And you're, mm-hmm. you're parting ways, right? And it's it's like a death that that happens. And yeah. It's painful. Totally. When you look at integration, it's more so like you're carrying something with you and you're transforming and you're you're emerging, you know. Yeah. It's one different word, but it just it <laughs> has a completely different perspective and, and different um emotional response and everything. So that that's giving me peace, man, as an athlete. And that's why I try to get other athletes and other people to understand that when you do transition, whether it's military, whatever, if you learn how to integrate, man, and take those things. From military from sports and apply it man it, it's just so empowering because you yeah. realize man if i take this same mentality now nah, you can't take everything right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah there's there's I, levels right yeah <laughs> yeah there's levels there's levels there's things you have to unlearn as yeah. well too and that's part of the integration process but if you learn how to you know properly integrate you know your past life into your new life man it's like you realize man i'm a i'm a beast i can be a beast in, in whatever i do and um, totally yeah it's it's exciting yeah, man, w- words are words are super powerful in that aspect, right? Like, 
Uh, literally at the end of the day, it means the same thing. It's just how do you change your perspective around what you heard in terms of like how you view what you're trying to do. Right. Yeah, um, exactly. I love yeah. it, man. Well, Rennie, dude, this has been a super fun conversation, but I do want to be respectful of your time. If somebody wanted to learn more about like uh game changing culture or game changers coaching or game changers foundation, or um, maybe they have questions about how to build their own professional development or their own personal brand. Right. Or how would somebody yeah. reach out to you or what would be a good way for them to connect with you? Yeah, the easiest way is through my website, and it's just RennieCurrent.com. And uh, on there, you can get in touch with me uh, just for coaching, for speaking engagements. Um, I also have a course if there's anybody out there who's interested. I I come across so many people who are interested in um, speaking and and, um, doing it as a career and leveraging their their knowledge and their expertise and whatnot. And so Mm -hmm. I created a course. That's one thing I did during the pandemic. Heck yeah everything and so yeah there's that man and then also social media i'm very active on linkedin on instagram facebook it's all just at rennie current awesome so, um, yeah look forward to hearing from folks i do i do respond so if you hit me <laughs> if i uh, if you get a response from me yeah dude that's awesome well rennie man i really appreciate you hopping on here um i'm really i have a ton of respect for what you're trying to do and and uh the way you're trying to change the game in a lot of people's lives so uh thanks so much for getting on and sharing a little bit with us yes sir i appreciate you doc thanks again for having me man Hey, thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. If you want to find out more about our guests or about Athletes Potential and how we can help you continue to be active and pain-free in life, head over to athletespotential.com to learn more.